Hello and welcome to the Purple State Podcast. My name is Jim Ragsdale, co-founder of Purple State, and I'm glad you've decided to join us for our first podcast. We have a lot to share with you, but first, I would like to introduce my co-host, daughter, and the co-founder of Purple State, Marinda Iona Ragsdale. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Now, I would guess that the name of our podcast and our initiative will remind many of you about how polarized we are as a country. For the past three years, we have been doing a lot of brainstorming and research that resulted in what we call the Purple State Initiative, which includes a plan and a design for the first ever social network for nonpartisan political organization. Right. We're working to establish a digital multimedia platform designed for registered voters to submit, rate, review, and support nonpartisan policies and independent candidates at every level of government. Um, this platform will serve as the audition phase also for what we call President-Elect, a reality competition show where the highest ranked Purple State candidates face a series of challenges related to the office of the presidency, including a preliminary competency test that will allow voters to truly know the potential of each candidate before voting for a President-Elect winner to go on to the general election. Now this is a network for all voters, regardless of party affiliation or ideology, but reserved for independent candidates. Now you might ask, why independent candidates only? In short, we believe that there is a reason why the two-party system has consistently disappointed American voters and why, although 61% of them say that a third major party is needed, even that won't bring the changes they want. It's the same reason the founders gave. Parties and partisan politics are the problem. Listen to what George Washington said to his troops. The alternate triumphs of different parties make the public administration the mirror of the ill-concerted and incongruous projects of faction rather than the organ of consistent and wholesome plans digested by common councils. And just one more. I also kind of like this one, and not just because it goes over well on Broadway. We are attempting by this Constitution to abolish factions and to unite all parties for the general welfare. And that's Alexander Hamilton. Okay, and while that sinks in, let me tell you a little bit about our journey since we have had our official launch on July 4th of this year. In these past two months, we have completed our book, which is titled Purple State, Crowdsourcing Nonpartisan Candidates Using Social Media, Blockchain, and Reality Television, and it's scheduled for release in just a few weeks. We have developed a syndication partnership with IVN, the Independent Voter Network, a major news outlet with as many as 20 million visits per month. We've accepted a membership in the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers, an organization whose members represent thousands of reformers. And we formed a partnership with Covintus, a tech firm that's building a team capable of developing our social network on next generation blockchain technology. Yeah, and we're going to talk a lot more about all of those things. But first, let's get some context and perspective on all of this. Um, how did an idea for a reality show for presidential candidates evolve into a national initiative? Right. Now, having been the executive producer on a reality show before, I knew how important it was to identify and build an audience. So we also knew we needed to find candidates. And if we we're going to do this, they should be the best possible candidates better than what we have had to choose from in the past. And that's when the next big idea hit. It came in the answer to the question, how can we design a structure that would generate better candidates? And the answer, competency testing. It was right there in front of us. How many times had we thought, you have to pass a test to drive a car. Why don't they have a test to run the country? 
Right, and that's the idea. We want to give users the ability to submit and rate competency, test questions, uh, then get into the best minds of the country from every pertinent field, whether it be political science or international geopolitics, public administration, law, economics, sociology. Uh, we want them to submit their questions for our users to rate as well. And that's kind of how the vision developed, one big idea at a time. Later on, as we started to develop the concept for the show, we started to talk about social media and how we could find candidates and build an audience before the show even began production. Yeah, and pretty soon it became clear that we had an opportunity to give voters a lot more than just candidates. You know, like Amazon changed the entire retail industry. We could give people the ability to change politics by submitting, rating, and reviewing their candidates and policy positions on our network. So we knew this was going to be a massive undertaking. As we compiled feature after feature, such as a crowdsourced fact-checking module, which we are calling Purple Facts, we realized that we would need a team that could take us beyond a basic social network. We also recognized that there was a need for heightened security, and that's when we started to look at blockchain. And we will have experts on this podcast to talk more about blockchain in the coming weeks. In case you don't know, uh, blockchain is the technology behind cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Suffice to say that we are embracing the next generation of this technology, which offers a wide range of benefits that will help Purple State deliver the lasting kinds of solutions that voters need. And that's really what it's all about. The American people need real solutions. You know, it wasn't long after we launched that we realized there were literally hundreds of thousands of people who have been actively fighting for ways to reform our system to push back against some of the specific inequities of the two-party system. And that's when we started to meet and partner with some of the nonpartisan reform organizations who are part of NANR, or the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. And we will be featuring some of the leaders from these organizations here on our podcast. Uh, a good example would be FairVote, who is a big part of the reason why there is ranked choice voting in states like Maine today. If that term is new to you, uh, ranked choice voting gives you, the voter, the ability to rank as many candidates as you want on your ballot in order of choice. Many see this as the answer to the don't waste your vote spoiler candidate issue that only serves the two parties. Another leader in this growing movement is an organization called Unite America, which is building the grassroots community, the donor network, and electoral infrastructure to help independent candidates run winning campaigns. We're proud to have interviewed two of those candidates, both of whom are running for the United States Senate in the upcoming midterm election. So we're going to share part of these interviews with you right now. First, you'll hear us discuss the nonpartisan reform movement with Craig O'Deer, who is running for the Senate in Missouri. In this clip, I ask him about some of the organizations who are leading the nonpartisan movement in this country and what role they play. Uh, I think they're crucial. And I'll tell you as I'm speaking, I'm going to stand up and go and pick up the study that you're referring to. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Just to illustrate why I think it's important. The study you're referring to is by Catherine Gill and Michael Porter. Right, exactly. Um, I think, it was, uh, I think it was funded by Harvard Business School. Harvard Business School. Why competition in the politics industry is failing America. Yes, exactly. And let me tell you why it's important. People who come up with ideas, people who look critically at problems and, and are able to look at situations in creative ways and innovative ways, you know what? 
That's what made America. If you read much history about our founding fathers, that's who these people were. Quite agree. These people, yep. these people studied history. They studied law. They studied government. And, and they exchanged ideas. And, and nobody thought they were the only person with any idea in the room. They, they collaborated. So this document, uh, I just did a post on my uh, candidate page, I think three days ago. I posted this, uh, a PDF of it. And I said, you know, people are going to make fun of me for thinking that I can post such a document and anybody will look at it. But I'm a trial lawyer who has made his success trying very complex business cases and assuming time and again that the regular people that end up on juries, they actually are much smarter and much more aware and much more insightful than most people give them credit for. Absolutely. Agreed, yeah. And, and I've had people warn me, oh, Craig, you, you, I can't believe you're going to try that case. You can't, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a, a breach, a breach of, a, of a tax indemnity agreement arising out of the failed acquisition of a life insurance company. You're going to try that? Yes. And, and tell you what, the jury understood it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we underestimate people. And that's what I say. I talk to people in, in sentences and paragraphs not in poll-tested sound bites. And this analysis that Catherine and Michael did, uh, it's critical. It's got a seven-page executive summary. And, you know, this is what I did as a trial lawyer. I don't come up with every idea. (laughs) The reason I've been successful is I know how to work on a team. And I try always to have a team full of people smarter than me. And and I learn from them. And I learned a lot. I've learned a lot. And the the analysis they've done, looking at politics the same way we look at private industry, mm-hmm. and and uh, the parallels they've drawn and the observations they've made about the fact that we have a political system that that has insulated itself from competition lies at the very core of what is much of the dysfunction in our political system. Could not agree more. So that tells us, yeah, so that tells us that what's the solution? Competition. Yes, we couldn't agree anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. There there are ways to do that. There are different ways to to bring that competition to bear, but but that's the core issue. Right. And right there, um, you know, as uh, they wrap up their report, there are specific things that they suggest that uh, really are part of the solution. And the one that involves us, just a, a little bit about what we're trying to bring to this mix is that they talk about establishing a shared independent election infrastructure. And what we are trying to do is as a, uh, as a media company, we recognize that this is a lot about market share. The media, the, what is referred to generally as the mainstream media, they occupy obviously the lion's share of all of the conversation that uh, happens in politics. And they have also uh, sort of infiltrated uh, social media as well. And as they're, they're making their point, they point out the fact that um, whereas you would have thought that emerging technologies would uh, have affected the same kind of changes that they have in other uh, sort of you know right. areas of human right. endeavor. But the reality uh, being that uh, there's a, that, that duopoly still 
you know, sort of comes through. So what we're trying to do essentially is we're trying to use tried and true methodology that's out there, uh, you know, specifically as relates to crowdsourcing consensus, both on policies and on candidates, so that okay. uh, candidates would have a uh, completely level playing field where every candidate has the same accounts and the same access to be able to talk about the issues and the solutions that they have. And mm -hmm. as a candidate and as, uh, as their policies, both would be rated, viewed, reviewed by the other members. Essentially, in the same way that, that, that people now decide what television they're going to buy, right. they would have an opportunity to truly see candidates as they truly are. In other words, they would have like it. all, you know what I'm saying, they would have every yeah. opportunity to specify exactly right. what they bring to the table and in a format that they can, well, I disagree right. with this, I agree with that. And then the, the idea is, is that uh, as a group, voters of both uh, parties, of course, because all voters uh, mm -hmm. are welcome. As a matter of fact, Absolutely. this network is only intended for voters, for registered voters. So, okay. um, you know, but the only candidates uh, that are welcome are independent candidates with no party affiliation. So that, that, that's kind of what we do. And the, the idea is that, that, that and, and what, what I wanted to ask you is, based on what I've just said, and whereas you are familiar with this report, right. do you think that that sort of thing would be, you know, helpful in uh, trying to bring forth some of these changes? I do. You know, we have to. The, the way we're going to solve this problem is innovation. And all innovation, um, virtually all, uh, you know, in recent years comes through technology. So what you're describing is a system to, to, to use technology to bring people together as a community, to share, to give uh, candidates a platform and a way to connect, and then people a chance to give feedback. And, uh, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. When you talk about building a community, uh, this is so critical uh, for candidates now that I'm in this. Everything that you need to do in the politics industry to run a campaign, build a website, uh, do, do polling, um, anything, whatever you, it, you, first thing that happens is you call a vendor and you, and you, you hear, well, we, we do Republicans or we do Democrats. <laughs> I mean, you have to, it, it, it takes it, it sometimes takes a lot of effort to find someone that's that's willing to just do your work because right. it's such a hyper partisan environment so you know uh, building a community uh, that would be a huge step in the right direction I like that vision and and you know what um, you I know you all read this but it, you you know anybody that starts looking into this what we quickly learn is this political system with these two parties, the founding fathers didn't put this in the Constitution. Precisely. This, this, this wasn't their idea. This was just a system. Right. And the, the biggest problem I believe we have today, another way I say it is, we have this amazing country that is full of amazing companies, the leading companies in the world, amazing people. They're brilliant. They're hardworking. They're innovative. Um, we have, you know, we have all the knowledge. We have everything we need, really, to address all of the tough and complex issues that confront us. But 
but we don't have a a government that's working on the political system that's that's working and helping us move towards solutions in those areas it's it's become a barrier and the reason is it hasn't been innovated it hasn't been changed it hasn't been brought up with the times and so what you've got these two parties all the people, I see it on my Facebook page every day. I get messages, young people that have never been involved. They love this. But they're not going to get involved in the political party. The political parties are for the bosses. We had a great time talking with Craig O'Dear, and we think you'll enjoy that interview in our upcoming podcast. We spoke to another candidate that United America is supporting, Neil Simon, whose Senate race in Maryland appears to have a widening lane to victory between his Democratic and Republican opponents. Here's a segment of his interview where he talks about the toxic nature of policies put forth by partisan politicians. One of the problems we have in Washington these days is that anything that's proposed by the Democrats is dead on arrival with the Republicans. And anything proposed by the Republicans is dead on arrival right. with the Democrats. The, the partisanship has become reflexive and automatic and vocal and obnoxious. And it's, it, we deserve something so much better than that. We all deserve representatives who represent us and not represent party leaders. We deserve to have a senator that represents the people of Maryland in this state, not Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell. And that's, that's really what I want to do. I am finding that all over the country there are more and more people that feel that it's, it is something of a kind of a national movement away from party politics that's already underway. From your perspective, First of all, do you agree with that assessment? And what would you say about the present status of this independent movement? It's definitely the case. So I think the most recent that is 44% of Americans now self-identify as independent, and that's up from 39% just a couple of years ago. And the most encouraging thing to me, Jim, is that among new voters, record numbers are registering to vote without a party affiliation. So the voters who are 18 to 28, they look at our government. One of them actually said to me, you know, we don't understand why our government is two teams trying to beat each other. And why isn't it one team working together on all right. of our behalf? So they, they understand this in their gut, what we all know. And they're right. It, it shouldn't be two teams working against each other. So I am seeing that. I'm also seeing it just in person and with the people I'm interacting with. This past weekend I was in Denver at the Unite Summit, and there mm -hmm. were 43 candidates running as independents for different races. There are two of us running for the United States Senate, and I think four running for Congress and three running for governor, and the rest running for state legislative positions. And the energy was incredible because people, people in this country want this. Right. Well, that, that, that is very interesting because, you know, I, I wanted to ask you what role uh, nonpartisan reformer organizations like Fair Vote and United America, how, what, you know, what role do they play in this movement? So um, United America is an organization that is designed to provide tools and resources for independent candidates to compete. Because if you run as part of the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, you have a party establishment behind you. You've got infrastructure and people. If you run as an independent, you don't necessarily have that. I will tell you, I think in Maryland, some of that party infrastructure is really overrated to begin with. But United America has played a pivotal role for me. So as a, 
as someone who has never run for political office before, I've run four different companies, I've been the chairman of the board of different nonprofits, but I've never run for office, to have an organization that could help frame the campaign and, and help me understand what the infrastructure that's required and the resources that are required was really helpful at the beginning. Fairvote is a totally different type of organization. So Fairvote is one of a number of incredible groups working on political reform. So the political parties have co-opted our government and changed a lot of the rules to the benefit of the extremes. So one of the ways they've done that is through gerrymandered districts and through winner-take-all primaries that are closed. And fair vote through their solution, ranked choice voting, attempts to address that. So with ranked choice voting, you end up um, with candidates behaving more civilly to each other because it matters if you come in second place on different people's ballots. You end up providing more choices for the voters, and you end up potentially um, with elected representatives who aren't as polarizing. So Fair Vote's an a incredible organization that is fighting part of this fight. A lot of times I feel like there are many of us fighting in the same war against this partisanship, and we're on different, different battlefronts. So Fair Vote's doing something around electoral reform. There are other people working on campaign finance, others working to open primaries. So in my state, we have closed primaries. So if somebody like me, who's an independent, does not get to vote in our taxpayer-funded primaries, that's not right. fair. And you've got other people who are working to get ballot access for independent candidates, other people working to get access for presidential candidates and debates. Um, so you got a lot of different people doing a lot of things in political reform, and then you have places like United America supporting the actual candidates running. Right. Well, if you... If you um if you saw the latest newsletter from the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers, where they were announcing their first annual reformer summit, you, you may have seen we are actually joining NANR. What do you think about their work? And um, based on what you know about what we do, do you think we will be a good fit? So I'll tell you, for me, political reform broadly is one of the most important things we need to do as a country because it would be incredible to get people like Craig O'Dear elected into the United States Senate and independents and different state legislative bodies that are evenly split where they could have a, a huge impact. And it would be really powerful to increase the number of governors that we have in this country who are independent. Um, Bill Walker in Alaska has done a phenomenal job. But what we also need to do is to affect changes that will permanently level the playing field because the playing field has been warped by the the extremes of the two parties. So, and I think there are different places we need that reform. So campaign finance is an area that has played a, a bigger and bigger, more destructive role in our political process. And I think that the reform there should start with disclosure. With disclosure, mm -hmm. I think it's not okay that almost half the dollars that are spent on political campaigns, we don't know whose money it is. Um, I think we need to open primaries so that independence and everyone can vote in taxpayer funded primaries that also will lead to less polarizing representatives because when you have a closed primary for the democrats and for the republicans then who shows up it's only the most liberal democrats and the most conservative republicans that show up and they elect the most liberal democrat or the most conservative republican representative and then 
they're doing it in gerrymandered districts where a lot of them are either locked Republican or locked Democrats. And now you have the, the, the representative basically was chosen by a small minority of people in a closed primary in a locked district. Those are all rules that have been changed by the primaries. The gerrymandered district is probably the worst of all of it. And in my state, right. in Maryland, what the Democrats have done is a real perversion of democracy. And we need redistricting reform to fix that. And there are other reforms that we need as well. So I'm in favor of all types of political reform, anything to level the playing field, anything to incentivize the success of more moderate representatives that will actually work to get things done rather than just fight with each other all day long. That's that is very very true. Um, so we're very focused on social media, obviously, because our approach to nonpartisan reform involves developing a digital platform, which includes a social network for independent politics, and that will help uh, American voters leverage both social and mainstream media to crowdsource nonpartisan candidates and policies. What um, what role has social media played in your campaign? Social media. This is the 21st century, right? So um, <laughs> social media certainly plays an important role. We look at what we're doing as having three main prongs. We've got the field, and then we've got traditional media, including um, earned media, and then we have, we have social media, digital. But I think every campaign, what, what my observation as a, a business person, a career business person looking at campaigns for the first time is that with campaigns, I think you need to do everything because there are different people in our community that are most effectively reached through different mediums. Fantastic. You see, we have found that uh, some of the leaders in this movement, if you will, feel that it's a movement against sort of the toxic elements of the two-party system that we talked about. Um, and they, they're calling for a shared independent election infrastructure, which is kind of the core of our mission. We're trying to provide infrastructure for things like mobilizing volunteers to achieve ballot access. Do you think that our platform can provide a meaningful benefit to the voter? Absolutely. Well, independent candidates can use all of that, right? You don't come into a race with the natural party infrastructure behind you. So it sounds like some of the things that you want to do are similar to some of the things United America is doing. And I think really at the end of the day, the more the better, right? We, as independent candidates competing, one of the hurdles that we all face is reaching the critical mass where people feel like, yeah, it's a winnable race. And I think in Maryland, we've been fortunate to get there where we're getting a lot of press attention and a lot of, um, a lot of political pundits who believe that I'm the most viable alternative to the incumbent and are positioning the races between the incumbent and me. So we've been fortunate here. But as independent candidates, you don't have all those same natural resources that the party candidates do. So I'd encourage you anything you could do to help independents get on the ballot, to help them gain momentum once they are on the ballot, and help them succeed is, is really important. Okay, well, there you go. Great interview with Neil Simon, and you'll be able to hear that interview as well as the Craig O'Deer interview in upcoming episodes. But in the meantime, we encourage you to find out more about these candidates, especially if you live in Missouri or Maryland. You can find the O'Deer campaign on the web at craigodeer.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-O-D-E-A-R.com. And the Simon campaign at neilsimon.com. That's N-E-A-L-S-I-M-O-N.com. You can also 
Find both candidates on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, we'd like to thank you again for joining us. Remember that you can stay updated on the Purple State Initiative by following us on Twitter and Facebook and visiting us at purplestate.us, where you can sign up for updates as to the release of our podcast episodes and our book, which will be available on Amazon Kindle in the next few weeks. You can also drop us a line at contact at purplestate.us. From all of us at Purple State, thank you for listening.